Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming out to Comic Book Club Live. Please give it up for your hosts, Alex and Pete. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And that's our Bad of the Booth, Booth Bad Prime. Booth Bad Prime. And guys, bad news for you. It's so hot out, our third co-host, Justin, melted. He like, melted. He just turned into a puddle. No, actually, he's delivering a baby. Yes. He texted us earlier today. Yeah. I was like, hey, just so you know, we're going to have uh, one extra guest on the show tonight. And he was like, great. I can't make it because I'm having a baby. Just yeah. got to go. Yeah. And he we was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. He was like, sometimes I uh, moonlight as a doctor who just catches babies. I didn't know that was a job. Oh, yeah, no, he's a baby he's, catcher. Yeah. Baby catcher. That's the whole thing. Yeah. They just come in right at the very end. Justin's got out. soft hands. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. They just dive into the room, <laughs> catch the baby, yeah. hand over the baby, and then they leave. Yeah. Yeah. That's but the, the problem thing. is it's uh, opposite side of town, so he couldn't be here. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hopefully, yeah. he'll be back in a little bit with a baby. He's not yeah. actually... Having his own baby, it's his cousin's it's baby? His cousin's baby, yeah, and he wants to be there to catch it. <laughs> They're a tight family. When you yeah. grow up, like, way upstate New York in the woods, you do right. shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you would know. You yep, grew up in yep, Manchester. Yep. I grew up on Long Island. Oh. So I do <laughs> I, I do Nobody that. was clapping. Why did you pause there? There was no... There was no <laughs> clapping. Nobody was excited. I just assume you paused so for applause and waved. The mere mention of the island that is off of Manhattan <laughs> would enchant people so much. Yep. They would be driven to clapping, but I guess not. Guess not. Not this crowd. Uh, I went to school in upstate New York. Woo! <laughs> Thanks, Pete. One guy. All right. I think I'll tell you what. We're going to move on because we have so many guests on the show tonight. So many guests that actually had to write everything down. Ooh, that's. I never do this. Uh, But two of the folks. Being professional. (laughs) Is this professional? Writing stuff down. Pulling out a phone? I'm texting people right now. This actually has nothing <laughs> to do with the show. What's up, you guys? Joke about Long Island killed. Audience <laughs> loved it. Nope. <laughs> there we You're go. You're the Trump of tweeting. Uh, we, 
Wait, what? <laughs> that was wrong. What you said was wrong. Oh, I thought you said Trump retweeted it. No. I was going to be like, I don't, I don't think he did that. Uh, guys, I'm very excited. We have two guests from Valiant Comics. They're working on the excellent new book, Killers. The other yeah. one is the co-creator of Thumbs from Image Comics. We've, we've been enjoying quite a bit. Yeah, we have. Ladies and gentlemen, Senior Editor Carl Bowlers, Senior Editorial Director Robert Myers, and Thumbs co-creator Sean Lewis. Welcome. Welcome. Hi. Have a seat. Have a Hello. microphone. Great to have you. Hello. Great Ooh, this is like a maze. Come on in, guys. Very excited to have you here. All of you, except for one of you. I'll let you guess which one. Uh, guys, very excited to have you. <laughs> Thanks for squeezing in on the couch oh my goodness. there, Jens. Yes, sorry. We don't usually have this many guests, uh, so we appreciate you guys squeezing in. Are Sean, you are closest to me, so we're going to start with you. Uh, you work on the book Thumbs, which the second issue just released, right? Yeah. We released last month, and then next week has, our third issue comes out. Yeah. Uh, so I got to tell you, uh, we have uh, we have a Patreon Slack for the Patreon for the people who support us. Uh, and we mentioned we were going to be reviewing the first issue of Thumbs on our Stack podcast. They were like, ha, 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 what's that about Thumbs? That sounds silly. And then we read it, and we were like, oh, shit, this book is great. Yeah. <laughs> Really good. For the, there's a lot of stuff going on in that first issue. Can you give just the elevator pitch of the concept? Yeah. Um, basically, it's as if uh, Mark Zuckerberg has been using his apps and technology, uh, giving it away free to poor kids to recruit them into becoming his own army to fight the government. So it's a documentary. <laughs> basically. Okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. So one of the things that I thought was so great about the first issue in terms of the way that it structures, it's like this onion as it pulls back where you think it's one thing and then it turns out, oh, okay, there's this virtual reality thing going on and there's more going on and more going on. So talk a little bit about the structure of that first issue. How were you approaching that concept? Because... Despite the elevator pitch, it is pretty complicated in terms of the amount of things that are going on. Yeah, I mean, it's a really big issue. It's like 56, every issue is like 56 pages, which is how uh, Hayden Sherman, who's the artist, and he's amazing, and co-creator, that's how we work on each of the books that we've done. Basically what I do, I'll write a short story or like a a small novella. So for me, I kind of like stories that unravel that way, where I keep thinking I know what's going on, and then it says, no, 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 you don't know anything. Um, so that's kind of what happens is like there's a big surprise that happens within the first 10 pages that you find out that time has moved forward and then we move we move around in time a bit. I'm doing a great job of selling it. It's like there's, it, we move around in time. You don't know what's going on. You should buy it. Buy yeah, a lot You should of it. definitely buy it because <laughs> it, you're going to get lost and then you think one thing's going to happen and something different. Yeah, you're going to get disappointed and confused. And <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And At one point, really the comic happy. makes fun of you personally <laughs> for yeah, believing Yeah, if you want to use that for the cover, uh, <laughs> disappointed and confused. You're going to come back for number two. Right, come back for two, because then we'll maybe tell you what happened. (laughs) (laughs) That is one of the challenges with launching a new sci-fi franchise, though, right? Like, not to call it a franchise, but when you're launching a new sci-fi book, it's like, we're going to throw so many new ideas at you. How, How do you make sure that you keep track of that human element at the same time? I mean, for me, at least, it starts with the it starts with the humans. I mean, my, my background's primarily in playwriting, so I'm usually starting with dialogue, characters talking to each other on a blank page when I'm writing out anything, and then I build the rest of it around it. Luckily, Hayden, in terms of world building, like his imagination is limitless. So on a co-created book, I can kind of turn to him and go like, 
I don't know, there's like VR, like what do you want to do? And he's, he's like, what if there's a big screen? I'm like, that sounds cool, let's do it. And then I'll just, Im, Im, I'll put that into the writing and start thinking like, okay, what's, what does he mean when he says a big screen? I should have asked him that. Um, <laughs> well, sounds that like point, he's doing a lot of the work. Yeah. <laughs> he does a lot. I mean, it's definitely... Pull your weight, yeah, I gotta figure that, I, gotta, I need to talk less. <laughs> uh, it is interesting though that to have that back and forth between the writer and the artist like that, which is one of the parts of comics, I think. But like when you see those visuals and he has delivered, okay, here's what the screen looks like, did that start to affect the story as it went? Not as much. I mean, we do a lot of conversation ahead of time. And I, I do, like, as much as I mock it, I, I give him pretty elaborate. Um, I mean, what I am writing is probably like five to 10,000 word short stories that I give him for each issue. Wow. And then we'll talk about the thumbs, the thumbnail sketches after he's read the... <laughs> <laughs> talk about the thumbs. So like after he's read the short story, we'll start, he'll show me like, okay, I've paneled this out for 50 pages. How do the panels look? And then it's just this constant like back and forth um, as, as we keep working through the book. Where... Where did the name come from? Where did Thumbs come from? I don't know, man. It popped in my head one day. The titles are like a motherfucker. Yeah. Like, uh, I just, I have a hard time with them. And so, it's like, true. Thumbs popped in my head before even most of the thoughts of it were formed. Like, we had just finished The Few. The Few was way more successful than either of us expected. And so we immediately were like, maybe we should do another book. <laughs> and I was just like, we started throwing the ideas around. I think, I was like, I think it's called Thumbs. I have no idea I why thought, it was called Thumbs. I and thought it was because of the, the gaming aspect of it. Once I, we were stuck with the title, that became a big thing to lean into. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Reverse engineering. Yeah, basically. Uh, sorry, I was giving you more credit there. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to ruin all of that tonight. <laughs> it's a collaborative process. <laughs> so uh, you have the first two issues. Is this a limited series? Is this yeah. ongoing? Just five issues. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, so what can people expect from uh, the back half? <laughs> what? <laughs> I just think it's funny. The way we, we pitched it was like, it's really confusing. You won't be able to follow it. I didn't answer anything about the structure. And that's like, what can we expect from the, the second More of half? That. The More of the same. A lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did say we loved it. It is great. <laughs> regardless of what you're trying to do to it, it's really a great book. We just book. ruin it. <laughs> we invited him on about his book. He ruined his book. <laughs> that was a good choice. Despite your input, it seems to be working. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Despite my efforts, it's somehow readable. Um, <laughs> I I think we're gonna get deeper into character. I mean, a big thing with me is I'm really fascinated in um, our country's obsession with team politics and team culture. Of just like I blindly agree with this or I blindly agree with that. And I think one thing I, I really like that we do in that book and that me and Hayden have done in other things we've worked on. It's just kind of attacking that. So, like, I think a lot of people, when they first start reading it, they're like, oh, I get this. Like, you're very anti-technology. And I'm kind of like, I'm kind of anti-everybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it kind of, it's kind of moving towards the everybody. Of, uh, I, I mean, I get fascinated with the form. You know, I'm, I'm still really new to comics. Like, I've, I've been working on comics now for about four years, and this is my fifth book. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking about, like, what, how is it different than theater, which I've spent way much more time in, and what can a comic book do? And so I'm really fascinated, like, what are the, what are, like, the political, philosophical, and existential things that you can explore in a book that's also, like, really wild and fun genre? So I think that's, like, where, it's definitely where we're aiming with the book, is, like, can we really hit at something that when you close the book, you're like, fuck, I really read 
something. I mean, the, our biggest obsession. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I was expecting that. <laughs> I mean, our biggest obsession with the book when we started is the one thing me and Hayden knew we wanted to do is we were like, I want this book to be an experience. Like, I want when you pick it up and hold it that it has a weight to it. That the, I mean, our covers are really glossy on purpose. Like, we're, we're giving a, back a lot of the money that, that we would make at Image by deciding to do certain things with the format and structure and style of the book because we've just been like, how can we make a comic book feel like a, a, a theatrical experience for you has been a lot of how we approach Thumb specifically. Yeah. Uh, just to give it a little bit of a pitch, something that struck me when I was reading the book is it almost felt like if you're reading Ready Player One and instead of going for the, wow, cool, look at it, it's Godzilla fighting a starship type <laughs> aspect, but instead went to the darker aspect of an entire world taken over by VR, what would that be like and what would that cause, that it, it leans into that a little bit. Was that a touchdown at all? That's like the best marketing we've had for <laughs> the can you, can you write that down? <laughs> yeah, no, I, no. I should have my phone. Out. Well, this is a podcast. We, no, we, <laughs> That's right, we don't it post is. it anywhere. <laughs> this is just for our own use. <laughs> so it's all good. Yes. Uh, definitely check out Thumbs. When does the yeah. next issue come out? Uh, the se- August 7th, so next week. All right, nice. awesome. Definitely check that out. Fantastic book. Yep. Let's talk about a book. Uh, we reviewed this one on our Stack Podcast as well. This is coming out down the road. Killers from Valiant Comics. Uh, this is basically like balls-to-the-wall action nonstop yeah. of the Valiant universe. Mm-hmm. Can you guys talk about where the idea came from? Um, well, the idea uh, spun out of uh, our, our most recent Ninja K series, uh, where we introduced sort of a mythology for Ninjak, where we established that before Ninjak, there were all of these other ninja uh, operatives in the program, and they all had alphabetized uh, uh, code names. It's so. a good way of organizing ninjas. It's really, like, if they, if get, if they get unruly. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like how an, uh, uh, MIB, they have like Agent J, Agent, you know. Mm-hmm. Like right, right. It's like yeah. a spice rack. <laughs> but for ninjas. But for ninjas, which is great. Uh, so yeah, this spins out of that, and I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that some of the ninjas start fighting. Yeah, so as ninjas will, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's sort of like ninja a... do. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it's not just ninjas on vacation. Like that's you know they're they're taking care <laughs> yeah. of business. Well, one of them I think is actually on vacation, right? Yeah. Well, well, it is. Uh, there's a lot of globe hopping in the yeah. book, so I could consider them to all be on vacation in a way if you were trying to kill your friends on a vacation sort of thing have you been on vacation with friends I've been on vacation with with you, Robert. Oh, (laughs) that was work, Carl. Uh, Well, that was the last issue of Killers. Yeah, (laughs) you know, we wrapped we wrapped Ninja K. Chris just gave an amazing amazing job, and he created all these characters. And Carl was like, "I really want to play with these characters more." What what we do, and basically, what what he and B. Claymore, uh, who's a fantastic writer, uh, uh, Hawaiian Dick and Savage for us, uh, came up with was is. All of your favorite Bond villains trying to kill each other (laughs) in a quest for immortality. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it uh, when we were uh, talking about the first book, it's it almost seemed to me like a little bit like a Street Fighter book in a way. Mm -hmm. I mean, part of they are fighting in the street, but it's constantly these boss battles one after the other, which is unexpected after the Ninja K thing. Uh, what. This is something we talk about with the Valiant books a lot. They all have a very different tone to them. Mm-hmm. Is that, do you sit down and say, we need this type of book, we need a Mortal Kombat-style book now, 
or is it just more off of the idea? Well, we tend to go more off the idea. I mean, we did want the, this book to have a sense of, you know, high octane action, and we wanted to right. introduce these characters in a really dynamic fashion so people would kind of say, whoa, who's this, who's this new character on the scene? So while there is a lot of action and we really keep the pace going, there's a lot of character stuff there because yeah. these were essentially people who had left that life behind of being, you know, ninja assassins, and they're trying to, like, do something new, but it's like Godfather 3. Every time you think you're out... Pull you back in. Exactly. (laughs) I will say that's the worst Godfather, so you might want to... Uh, But But I I get you. But people remember that closure. (laughs) closure. Exactly. Uh, You know, from a sort of a structure of the publishing line side, you know, we're always looking at what's going to be the best story. Um, What characters do we want to play with? We have a very small line, uh, but we have hundreds and hundreds of characters that we want to use all the time, so... We aim kind of for genre, uh, and, and, and we aim for, you know, I don't want to do five straight superhero books. I want right. one fantastic superhero book. I don't want five action-adventure books. I want one fantastic action-adventure book. Uh, and we try to aim for those different genres month in, month out. Are we going to see Ninjak pop up at any point in this book, or is it completely separate from him? It is completely separate at this at this point in the game, uh, mainly because what we were trying to do here is is we wanted to expand Ninjak's uh, corner of the Valiant universe to introduce new characters and kind of create its own section for it. And so, though he won't be in it, you will definitely feel the influence of of his presence. And they may show up in the future, in maybe in a Ninjak book. Uh, speaking of other Valiant books, you're working on the Bloodshot book as well, right? That's coming out? Yeah, yes. we've got Bloodshot coming in September. Uh, Tim Seeley, Brett Booth, um, Adelsa Corona, and uh, uh, Andrew Dollhouse working on that one. It is, gosh, phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal is, yeah, the, is yeah, a good yeah, word. Yeah, it's, um, it's it is really the cool. best action movie that you will read this summer. Wow. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, can you tell us? I can tell you, yeah, I can tell for sure. Uh, well, one, Tim is a Bloodshot fan from. From day one, from he's, 1993 or four, he's fantastic. Yeah. Two, he's fantastic, and mm-hmm. three, we got Brett Booth, who is the epitome of great, yeah. especially 90s style action comics. Oh yeah. And the fun part, though, is is because it's a Valiant book, is it has these great character moments. It has real people talking. It has real world issues. Like there's a very real politic thread through the whole thing. It's not just guns and ammo. Right. It's guns and ammo with with heart and meaning. Now the Bloodshot movie, <laughs> the Bloodshot movie is coming out. Yes. Is this should people be looking at it as like, well, this is a setup. This is sort of setting up Bloodshot with the status quo he has in the movie. Uh, a, a little bit. It's okay. it's if you walk in the movie and have never seen or read a Bloodshot comic, uh, and you come out of it going, God, I want to read more. This is the book you're going to want to yeah, read. Yeah. Um, it, so it's set up that way. It's tonally similar. It's not going to be necessarily the same story by any means. It's because it's set in our here and now universe and. The Bloodshot movie is very much a, a day one story. And since Vin Diesel is in that, uh, Bloodshot is now part of the Fast and Furious franchise, right? <laughs> as far as I understand, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, anything else you guys want to plug that's coming out from Valiant? Uh, there's, uh, we have a Dr. Mirage miniseries coming out. Yeah, that's right. yeah. yeah Mags Visaggio, Nick Robles, and Jordi Belair are launching that next month, uh, and it is fantastic. Um, we've got a bunch of great stuff. Yeah. I sometimes forget what we've announced and what we haven't announced, but if you can imagine... go through the list yeah. anyway. I think it's... Yeah. Yeah. Let's so, not get them in trouble. Let's not get them in trouble. You know, I, you know, there's no reason for, no, for, 
saving spoilers, right? No, no, spoilers. Uh, we've got a new Rye comic coming in uh, November that's going to knock people's socks off. Uh, and we've got some we've got surprise stuff. Yeah, we've got some scoop. surprise stuff coming um, early, late this year, early next year. Yeah. Cool. Uh, when is Killers coming out? Soon. Killers is coming out tomorrow. Oh, that's right. We're shipping yeah. tomorrow. And like uh, Robert said, B. Clay Moore is the writer. The artist is Fernando Dagnino. He's amazing. Jose Villarubia on colors. Jeff Powell on letters. It's, it's a fantastic looking book. Carl yeah. Ballers on edits. Ah, well, oh, that guy. <laughs> uh, and I will mention since we took a look at the first two books yeah. uh, in Killers, the first one is crazy action, and then the second one is even bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. It builds. Yeah, it does. Yeah, the comic. It doesn't go downhill for the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the main thing you want to take away. Well, well, and we don't. also uh, have copies uh, for the audience. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, should we wait to give it away with questions and stuff? Nope. Okay, swag, right. swag, swag, swag. <laughs> there we go. Get your copies of Killers, everybody. Pete runs the show now. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to move on with our next section, which we like to call the stack. And woo! We're going to have a little bit of a. <laughs> In the stack, we talk about a couple of other books that have come out this week. We're going to have a shorter stack today since there's only two of us, and Pete is handing out comics. So I'll just sit here yeah, and just, I'll just rip. I'll just rip. Uh, when I was a young man growing up on Long Island. Well, still okay, paused. Right, you right. still paused. Why? I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. <laughs> yeah. We have many fine wineries. Train There's a lot of your nice audience wineries out there. You can take to like a shitty out. place, man. What? 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> was that oh, we, uh-oh. Were you going for a Long Island cheap pop? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> We're trying to get sponsorship here. We're doing anything we can. <laughs> Long Island. <laughs> uh, first one we're going to talk about, Guardians of the Galaxy number seven from Marvel Comics. This yeah. is continuing Donny Cates' run on the title, which has been super dark take but, on the Guardians. Yeah. Uh, this issue, I almost don't think there's any way of talking about it without talking about the end, but uh, the Guardians are fighting against... Uh, A giant religious, like... Uh, Creepy cult, basically. Right. Space it cult. used to be run by, uh, I was blanking on the name, the Magus, the evil Adam Warlock, uh, now has somebody new that we won't spoil running it. Uh, ends with a very dark moment to the end involving Rocket Raccoon. Wow. How are you feeling about this title, Pete? Well, first off, uh, Donny Cates is killing it. Uh, the guy is uh, just, uh, every title it seems like he's writing right now is really great. Um, but I have. Never been a huge Guardians fan. Movie came out, fell in love with that, and the books are doing such a great job of running with it. And uh, I have never been more into Guardians right now. It is uh, such a great comic, and they're doing such really fun choices with the characters. The stuff with Groot, like discovering that Gamora and Peter are having a relationship was hysterical. It's it's funny. It's heartbreaking. It's making a lot of fun choices. It's a really great book. Uh, what I really like about this issue in particular is there's a sense of forward momentum going on. Uh, you mentioned the Peter Quill Gamora relationship. It's been very uh, will they won't they for a very long time. They realize well we both died recently. Let's just go for this and see what happens. Yeah, and just I, go I like for that. It. Like I like moving forward, seeing what's happening with them, seeing what's happening with Groot, seeing what's happening with Rocket Raccoon and all these others, letting these characters progress in some way is great. Have you guys been checking out Guardians of the Galaxy at all? I'm really behind. (laughs) (laughs) But I did recently read Related is the Silver Surfer Black. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is 
flocking insane. Yeah, yes. the art on that in particular, that's Ooh. Tradmore. It's Tradmore is yeah. like just Which unleashed. Is, I love, love Tradmore. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh my God, it's it's uh, yeah. We were talking about that a little bit the last uh, week. Like both of these, they're very different type of cosmic books. Silver Surfer Black is like. Very not even Kirby S, but kind of Kirby S, just oh, it's in like terms of Kirby S on a really bad acid trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Tripped out. Uh, so that sort of side of sci-fi, and then Guardians of the Galaxy is very like dark, evil sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right, next one to talk about: Justice League Dark Number Thirteen. Speaking talking of dark, about, speaking of dark books, uh, though actually things are kind of looking up a little bit. Uh, as of last issue, the Justice League Dark, led by Wonder Woman, managed to fight bond, back a bunch of evil beings, mm-hmm. and now they're trying to figure out what is next for magic in this world. Yeah, they're trying to get a magic team together. Right. Yeah. You love getting the bad back together, but Oh, yeah. That's fun stuff. And what's great is uh, Wonder Woman is kind of leading the charge with this. And uh, it's fun to see, like, instead of it being like, fuck you, get on my team. She's just, like, being like, hey, guys, this is super important. We need fuck you here. you, get on my team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did you play soccer as a kid? Oh, man, it was brutal. Yeah. This Fuck bully you. came over to my house and was like, we fucking need another guy. Let's go. You're the best soccer player <laughs> in town. I don't even know you, sir. Yeah, get over here. Use your cleats, you soccer. piece of shit. Now you're in the World Cup, yeah. dude. Tell your mom she's got to cut up oranges and bring them to halftime. <laughs> yeah. That's and then you just yeah. started hearing beep, 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 beep. Wake up, Pete. Wake up. Oh. It was all a dream. Oh, I sucked at sports. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bro. Thanks for And that's a review of Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, this book is great. It's by James <laughs> Tide of the Fourth, who has been doing an amazing job. I'm not, I, I don't know how you guys feel about magic books. Uh, I'm always a little 50-50 about them. Some I like, some I don't. But it very it feels very murky with the rules and characters sometimes. Yeah. What I like about this book in particular is, uh, to the point that we were talking about before, it starts with the characters first. So you've got Wonder Woman. He's digging into that. Uh, John Constantine digging into that. All of these characters are just really spending time with them. Uh, what do you guys think, in your opinion, makes a magic comic book work? If anything. If they don't work, that's <laughs> yeah, fine, too. For me, it's a believable set of rules, mm-hmm. um, regardless if you believe in, quote-unquote, magic right. or, or any of those things. The best stories that deal with it have rules and are grounded. Like, you understand... Lord of the Rings. Like, you understand where the magic comes from, right? right? Tolkien spent books worth of research. <laughs> Not that it ever made the page... Putting out his plotting down his rules of that. Um, so if there's a structure and it works, then it just becomes another believable thing. Um, when it's just anything goes and you can pull, you know, yeah. any. And there's no rules, it just becomes a thing that you have to buy into to believe. And if you don't buy into it, you don't believe it. Right. And I, I want to chime in as to what Robert just said. Um, for me, magic is successful in comics when there are consequences forecasting a spell and I think a lot of times magic just translates to superpowers with somebody saying an incantation along with it and it always rang false to me so when I see consequences and rules you feel like okay this is something I can I can buy into we just dealt with that this is a cheap plug Uh, we (laughs) dealt with that in our recent miniseries The Forgotten Queen Uh, Teeny Howard went and looked at the history of one of the character groups and she said well, they had this crazy magical thing happen at the very beginning of time. There's never been the backswing. There's never been the consequence. Right. And the character that we eventually call Vexana 
in the book Forgotten Queen is is a physical manifestation of the consequences of somebody else's magic. Oh wow! Very cool. Uh, all right, so Justice League Dark as I, well. I would oh, like yeah. to say I really liked. You know, sometimes when you get an origin story, they just kind of put it at the beginning of the uh, the comic in this like forcing Constantine to kind of talk about himself in a way that he's uncomfortable was a very kind of cool way to kind of get his origin story. Yeah, it's yeah. great. This book is excellent. If you're not picking it up, definitely pick it up. And that's it for the stack. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> All right. Now we are going to move on to our next section, which is my favorite section, because I get to come out to you guys. It's your audience questions. <laughs> and for that... All you have to do is raise your hand if you got a question for one of our amazing guests or multiple of our amazing guests or a question about absolutely anything. Please ask, and Pete is going to give you even more free comic that's books. That's right. Uh, I actually saw this hand up first. What's your name? What's your question? My name is Kevin, um, and I was thinking back to your fake tweet at the beginning of the show oh boy. where there were two completely different ways to re- read that. And I was thinking... <laughs> yeah, if you put the period before or after the word audience. <laughs> Go back and listen. <laughs> we'll snap back. But I was thinking about how a lot of times in fiction, you know, you'll have something that you can read in two completely different ways. And I was thinking, what if what are some of your favorite uh, comics that have done that? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, wow. Comics that you could read in two different ways. Absolutely anything. Uh, I, I brought this one up a bunch of times on the show. I don't know if this is exactly answering your question, but this is a comic book that works very differently on, depending on how you read comic books. There's a book called Can't Get Now by Rick Veitch. Mm. Uh, it's about a dude who works in the World Trade Center. He's a little late there on 9-11 and watches the towers fall and then goes on this very psychedelic journey of the mind to refind himself. But the story is completely told through the pictures. The words are all poetry. There's no dialogue that necessarily represents what the characters are saying to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, you see the word bubbles where it's two characters talking to each other, but they're not necessarily referring to each other in the way. And it took me out of the way I normally read comics because normally... I'll read the dialogue and the, the pictures kind of register in the corner for most of the time. This very much flipped it, like the way that I read it. So I, I don't know if that's exactly the answer to your question, but that's certainly the first thing that came to mind for me. Do you guys have any answers for that? Sort of. Uh, this came up in conversation recently with, um, with a writer uh, friend of mine, um, Warren Ellis's glo- uh, Global Frequency. Like when that came out, it was like very much a speculative fiction. This is a thing that could or couldn't happen. It was a lot of fun. If you read it now, in a lot of ways, we're kind of living it. Like it could happen. It could be happening right now, and it's it's fascinating that just just a little bit of time and perspective can do to a story. I think a lot of the classics you can do that too. Like you can read. You know, I read Sandman when it came out in the '90s. Going back and reading that now, it's a much different book. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a nice thing sometimes about really great uh, story is it also depends on who you are when you're reading it. Exactly. Um, uh, too Cool to Be Forgotten is something that when I was reading, I was kind of going through something with my father, and it just like absolutely leveled me, and I cried while I was reading it. But then when I went back and read it later, and that wasn't such a prevalent thing, like I got to enjoy the other aspects of the uh, story so much more. Any other answers? Yeah, no, I think 
the point at which you read something is really huge. You know, like I think, you know, I, I found Essex County by Jeff Lemire at the right time. Oh, I hadn't wow. been in comics in a long time. Um, in terms of reading, and then I had a friend who passed it to me and was like, "Just, I think you'll you'll get it." And it, I read it multiple times because each time I was reading it, I was I felt like I was getting a different experience of the book, mm-hmm. um, which became really exciting. I was like, "Oh, you know, I think I had t- talked myself into thinking like, oh, I read comics when I was a kid. They're kid things. They're really oh, simple. That hurts, man. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, then I've I've gone back. I also realized how little I." Th- actually read when I was a kid that I thought I was reading since, like, catching up. Yeah, I think there's, there's like, stories that age well, like, they say the st- they stay the same, and then there's stories that evolve with you, and then there's stories that don't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can go back and read some, I mean, I've got comics on my shelf that I could go and look at and be like, yeah, no, not anymore. Right, right, yeah. I still De- own them. Though. Definitely. No, I definitely agree with that. I'd say if I had to go back and read Transmetropolitan by Warren Ellis oh. right now, it would probably be an eye-opener just because of the adversarial relationship between the media and the presidency in that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that that would be interesting. Um, some old Marvel comics that I have that I thought were great and cool <laughs> when I was growing up, and now I just look back at them and, and cringe. Yeah, um, yeah that's tough. You know, ob- obvious uh, misogyny and racism yeah. that just you know yeah. kind of flew over my head when I was 12. And I just look at it now. You know, it's like reading. It's like reading Edgar Rice Burroughs' Tarzan. It's just kind of ooh, like seriously. <laughs> uh, great question and a great tweet by me. Uh, what <laughs> other questions? Wow, guys. What? Wow. What? Uh, hey, yeah, this is audience questions where it's about the audience. But I'm gonna pat myself on the back <laughs> any chance I get. Twitter game strong. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you sir, right over there. Why don't you come down? What is your name? What's your question? I am Pablo. Hey, Pablo. Hello, Alex. Hello, Pete. Hello. Hello, guest. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Pablo. Um, it's going to be a similar question, but this is something different. Um, what is the most unique comic book character you look twice and you're like, what? Before you like, you look at a comic book character and you're like, oh, this guy's interesting, basic. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the character twice, and you're like, ooh, okay. Interesting. So uh, instead of a story, a comic book character that redefined in some way for you, right? Would you say, mm, okay, do you mean that in a good way or a bad way? Either way, either way, good way or bad way. Some comic book character that changed the board that you looked at them. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have one, Pete? Like, you looked at Punisher once, and you're like, this is pretty cool. And then you looked at Punisher again, and you're like, this is very cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, Punisher is one of those characters, like, the more you think about it, instead, you, you realize all the levels. You know, it's of course. just so deep and so meaningful. Yeah, yeah. Age is with you. It's like a fine wine. <laughs> I'm sure he'd appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. The Punisher's favorite drink is wine. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, he has a very expensive wine. <laughs> uh, do you guys have a pick? Any uh, comic book character that's changed over time for you that either you turned against or turned for? You know, lately, basically because of Hayden suggesting it to me, I've been reading Superman books from a few years ago. I never cared about Superman. thought he was the most boring person on the planet. Like, I was just like, I have no interest in any of these books whatsoever. And I don't know if it's, like, just a way of looking at the world now, but I, there's been something about seeing someone who 
actively wants to be a hero. Hayden sent me an email where he was like, we've been, we're working on a new thing together that's going to, that, that I think is going to live in a kind of superhero universe. And I, I was, so we were talking about it and he was just like, I just like Superman because, you know, he, he just wants to be everyone's friend. Like he's just trying to be their friend, which I never approached the books with that concept. I think I, my own self-hate made me go like, this guy thinks he's better than everybody. Like, <laughs> he can fly fast. He can do everything. Like this yeah. guy is everyone I hated in high school. Yeah. You know, and then that, that little tweak from Hayden, I started reading some of the books. Like I was reading like Peter Tomasi's, I think the Rebirth ones. And I was just like, oh, I... I I weirdly like him. How'd this happen? Which has been an interesting kind of twist. Do you guys have any thoughts about this one? I used to love Batman. Uh, (laughs) I used to love Batman. Used to. And, and, you know, I still have an affinity for Batman to some degree, but I just realized he's a billionaire who puts on his suit and leaves his his mansion every night and goes and beats up poor people, you know? (laughs) The underprivileged. And and there's no getting around that. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have an answer, Robert? Um, sure. Uh, actually, our own character, um, Arc of Dacia, Exo Manowar, mm-hmm. at surface, when he, when first time I read Exo, I was like, okay, this is cool. It's like a barbarian in an Iron Man suit. And then he became a CEO of a company, and it was just weird. Um, and what we've t- where we've taken that character and broken him down and evolved him. He's now one of my favorite characters in the Valiant Universe. Yeah. So some of that is hands-on experience, but some of that is just taking a very good, good concept and refiguring it. Um, I think a character that that has kind of grown in and out with me, I'd probably also say Batman, but for maybe different reasons. But uh, but yeah, there's there's a character... Yeah, I, I like I love Batman. It's a great character. It's one of the characters that has stuck with me in my entire life. But there are moments where I'm like, I like this Batman, but I don't like this one. And it's yeah, right, for right. similar reasons. But also sometimes it's sometimes it's the creative. Sometimes it's just the storytelling. Sometimes it's just me. Mm-hmm. I do think a lot of it depends on the writer and artist and the story they're telling. Because honestly, about Punisher, we've talked about this a lot on the show. I don't really like the Punisher as a character. It's right. not something that I enjoy at all. Hold on. <laughs> But there are runs on the Punisher that make me appreciate the character in a different way. Like, Garth Ennis' run is so good. I'm not going to be like, I hate the Punisher, so this sucks. You get into it, you understand his psychology, what he's going through. And the recent run Matthew Rodensburg is doing is so over-the-top, ridiculously action movie violent I've been enjoying that as well. So, so I'm I saying think, layers, bro. There's layers. <laughs> uh, in honor of Justin, um, I would say uh, uh, Speedball uh, is an interesting where he became Penance. And I thought he was like kind of a ridiculous character. And with Penance, it's ridiculous. But there was something about somebody like uh, inflicting themselves with pain to kind of focus them up and uh, uh, bring focus into their life that I was like, oh, this character is a, a more interesting to me now. Like, the fact that he's not just this bouncing off the wall, ah, fuck his people. Like, he's uh, uh, sacrificing part of himself for a greater good that I was kind of like, oh, that's cool. Cool. Uh, good question. Uh, do we have any other questions from the crowd? As you, sir, right over there. Come on down. What's your name? What's your question? Hi, I'm Thomas. A uh, couple hey, of Thomas. Valiant questions really quick. Yeah, of course. I just wanted to know if uh, Joshua Dizart was working on anything new for you guys after uh, the life and death of Toyo Arada. And second question was, um, what's the reasoning 
behind the fact that none of your main characters right now have their own books? I mean, I mean, the original main characters, I know you shift books a lot, sure. but, but it's very noticeable that right now none of the main heroes you've you know, started with yeah, have their own part. books. So I, I was just curious. Yeah, the... Good no, good question. Thank well, you. Um, uh, to answer your first question regarding Josh Dysart, um, I just was on the phone with Josh today, and uh, we were discussing possible projects that he could do for Valiant in the future. And while nothing is solid, um, Josh is always part of the Valiant family. Um, we consider him to be one of the godfathers yeah. of it all. He's always welcome. It's just a matter of finding the right project that he feels passionate about. Yeah, and another like, Godfather reference. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, my favorite movie. <laughs> I just I just saw Josh in uh, at San Diego, San Diego Comic Con, and he's super busy. Dude's got a bunch of stuff that hasn't been announced yet. That's all creator owned, and that's what he's focusing on. But yeah, uh, I can. I, I'll even do a spoiler and say that Carl was on the phone with Josh doing a lettering pass on something that we haven't talked about yet. So Ooh, that is true. So and, and the second question. Second part of the question, um, I have a follow-up question. Which characters do you mean? Uh, Archer and Armstrong. Sure. Yep. Um, so, so first so and foremost. On the po- yeah. podcast, Archer and Armstrong, uh, any Exo, other character? Exo Manoir. And yeah. Harbinger, yeah. Harbinger. Uh, so uh, as, as, our, as our usual cycle, we let things come. Uh, we let the story tell it's, tell the, go as far as it needs to go or wants to go. We let the writers and, and the creative teams all kind of dictate where they're going with that. There comes a point when something comes to an end. Like Matt came to the end of his EXO run. Um, we wanted to give the character a break. Uh, some of that is a pure, we want to build anticipation. And some of that is we want to make sure the next take evolves the character to the next level. So we have um, EXO coming from uh, Dennis Hopeless and uh, Emilio oh. Lizo in March. Uh, nice. That's not official official, but in March. Um, and it is going to be super fun. It is... Uh, a take on the character you haven't seen yet, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, Harbinger is coming. We'll have Harbinger in 2020. I can't speak too much about it yet, uh, but it's definitely coming. And then Archer and Armstrong, I have two or three things on the board. Uh, it's just a matter of figuring out which one and goes where. Right. Um, the the easiest part of this this question, or easiest part of the easiest way to answer this, is is if you can think of it, we're working on it. Right. It's just a matter of when and where. Yeah, and to add to that, um, Robert was saying, every iteration, we want to make sure that it defines itself in a way that's different from the previous, so we're offering something new. And that's that's what uh, the process is a lot of times. Yeah, and new reader-friendly. Yes. Like we want things that are a natural progression for people, Thomas, who have been reading, but also someone who hasn't read it who right. wants to pick it up. Uh, cool. I would say, and we talk about this on the show a lot with Valiant comic books, but as a reader and a fan, that's something that I appreciate about Valiant, that the stories do reach a natural end and I'd rather be satisfied with an ending than read five issues that are just okay because the title keeps going. Right, so right. I like Same. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good question. I think we can take one more user right over there. Come on down. What's your name? What's your question? Hello, my name is Gnome and I have an oddly specific question um, for anyone willing to answer. Um, what would be an interesting team up of two characters that wouldn't seem to get along, but you'd like to see the growth together. Ooh, interesting. Mm. Just a little insight here. Gnome is one of our superstar interns at Valiant Entertainment. (laughs) There we go. Good question. You're going up in the ranks, sir. Uh, Two characters 
you wouldn't expect to see together that would still work well together. Pete, do you have a thought about that? I'm thinking. I, I would love to see a team up. This is a Marvel centric one, but between like Mephisto and Dokken, that would be very cool. <laughs> that's uh, a lot, man. You're a fucking like, evil piece would, of shit. Man. What would they get <laughs> up Fuck to? Fuck you and the you man. Are you fucking kidding me right now with this shit? <laughs> Who would they chop up? You know, yeah. who? What <laughs> marriages? Right, you know what? I would like to see just a comic where Cipher gets murdered over and over again. No, that's not a team up. No, it's no, not a team up. Man. Is it a team up between Cipher and being murdered? Yeah, yeah Cipher exactly. and death. Yeah, Cipher and death. Okay. Yeah, uh, that already happened, and it was the hardest <laughs> moment of my life. Well, I'm glad so, you bring it up, we'll then you I'm fucking fuck. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Cypher's Wait, back, are though. you shaking hands because you're both super Cypher fans right now? Is that what you're I love Cypher. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't want to ruin anything. I know you haven't read House of X yet. I know. Cypher's back. Oh. Yes, I did see is Cypher. It, I, is it Aaron? Uh, what? Is it, is, is, it, is it Doug? It's Doug. Yeah, it's Doug. Ah, it's so good. It's so good. Great question. Great question about Cypher. Thanks for yeah. teeing that up. Uh, do you guys have a team up that you would like to see? Sean, you got one? I feel like I would love to write like the immortal Hulk if he was in a relationship with Captain Marvel. Like if they were like wow. a couple. Wow. I just feel like their arguments would be fucking amazing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what would that even be like? It would blew my mind. It would be completely insane. I was yeah. trying to think. I'm like, what would I want to do? So then I selfishly have to think like, well, what would I want to write? And I'm like, the immortal Captain Hulk Marvel. and Captain Marvel sound pretty good to me. Uh-huh. I, I can't even picture that, but that's <laughs> amazing. Do you guys have any thoughts about this one? Team-ups? Unbelievable oh. team-ups. I'm going to go in-house and say Bloodshot and Sunlight on Snow. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have the, uh, the unkillable super soldier, nanite-infused super soldier, and the pacifist robot. I think that's, that's that hot. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah, people are good. losing their minds in the audience back there. <laughs> um, gosh, I don't even know. Uh, Captain Carrot and Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to get weird. Yeah, way to be, <laughs> sir. Way to be. Uh, great questions, you guys. That is it for your audience questions. <laughs> All right. Now it is time for our next section, which is trivia. For that, we're going to kick it over to Pete LePage. Yeah, fantastic. That's just a nice little silence after that. This is just so enjoyable. Uh, all right, cool. This is the part we give back to you, the lovely audience. The star of trivia. You fucking... It's Pete LePage, everybody. <laughs> what? 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 He's not here, dick. Why would you do that? I'm trying to keep a consistency to oh, the show. Fuck you. you f- oh, man. <laughs> I, don't, I really don't know how your wife puts up with your shit, man. We're breaking up. Unbelievable. <laughs> you are just so fucking evil all the time. You don't even take a break from it. Uh, this is part we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win 25 free dollars. In the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics, because if you had 25 bucks, you go to a comic book shop. Who would like a chance to win 25 free dollars? Simple raising of the hand. Simple raising of the hand will get you 25 free dollars. I'd like people on the couch yeah, here. <laughs> oh, there's oh, a hand. Yeah, all yeah, the way. where are we at? Where are we? New, new blood. New blood. Come on up here, sir. Pablo, you've oh. won a couple times. Just trying to spread the love. All right, here we go. All right, uh, what is your name, sir? I'm John. John, audience, audience, John. All right, so today's trivia is on topical comic news. All right, question number one. Who is writing Fantastic Four for Yancey Street number one? 
Is it A, Jerry Dugan, B, Leonard Skinner, or is it C, Anthony Michael Hall? If you know anything about comic books, only one of those is a writer. <laughs> so it's either A, if you would like $25, or you could pick something else. I'm guessing it's not the band or the actors, that A. That is correct. That is correct. Here we go. Question number two. Ed Brubaker has said out loud, criminal is like putting a blank to his own family. Is it A, a noir magnifying glass, B, a funhouse mirror, or C, Randy Quaid? So it's either A, or you could pick B. Guessing B. B, that is correct. He said it's like putting a funhouse mirror up to his own family. I'd be pissed. Uh, here we go, last one. In the upcoming Witchblade number 15, due out August 7th, what is coming to New York City? Is it A, In-N-Out Burger, B, Hell, or C, Beverly D'Angelo? So it's either A, which is something I wish but isn't actually true, or B, Hell. It's B again. Yes, it is B again. 25 free dollars is yours, sir. There you uh, go. Now, here's the thing. There's a sub-trivia quiz going on in Pete's Trivia Quiz. The third answers form a pattern that, for some reason, is usually a John Candy movie. That's right. Uh, you keep saying for some reason, and then every time we tell you what the fucking reason is. What's the reason? He's the greatest. Because we did, we screened a John Candy movie all together in the Patreon Slack and then thought like, hey, we were like, oh, John Candy. You did Candy. something one time and you're never going to let it, oh, that's actually very consistent with it. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so the third answers today, Pete. Anthony Randy. Michael Hall, Randy Quaid, and Beverly D'Angelo. Okay, now I think Kevin over here already guessed what it is. Uh, Kevin, you're having a great time. What, what is it? It's vacation. Yeah, that's right. National All Lampoon's right. Yeah, vacation. Great. John Candy, fantastic role in that. Someday, someday you're going to run out of John Candy movies. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. That As got, we all know, tomorrow dark. is new what comic. Was that? I said that got dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it did. That's fucked up, man. It's fucked up. I mean, <laughs> that's a national treasure. <laughs> it's true. Was he a national treasure? No. Just checking. He was Stanford yeah. Extra. <laughs> you can move on to Nicolas Cage movies if you want. Nope. Those are unlimited. They yeah. never stop coming. That's yeah, true. As we all know, tomorrow is new comic book day. We recommend you go to Midtown Comics because they've been nice enough to sponsor the show. Pete, what are you looking forward to uh, tomorrow? A lot of great stuff. I'm looking forward to Goon number five that is coming out. Ooh. Yeah. What's going on at Goon? I don't know. It's been a while, so I'm excited to see what's up. <laughs> I love Goon. <laughs> I, I, for some reason, have missed it a bunch, so... I saw that it's coming out, and I'm like, hell yeah. And you missed the first four issues. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Great. You have been missing it. Yeah, uh, I have. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Powers of X. Number one is coming out tomorrow. This run has been bananas so far from Jonathan Hickman. Powers of 10, as we were talking about backstage, that's a little secret going on in the book. Uh, this is a bold reinvention of the X-Men franchise. Uh, it's going in directions that nobody could have expected. Or weren't. We're, well, all right, buddy. Uh, we uh, are going to have a review of it. Our the villain's of... Nimrod. I mean, what oh, the fuck? Sh 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 you, you're out of control with the spoilers. Uh, 
There, we're going to have a review of it in our Stack Podcast Wednesday at 9 a.m. in the same feed as Comic Book Club, so check that out, as well as many other titles. Turn to you guys. Plug your stuff. Sean, what should people check out? Uh, Thumbs comes out next week. Give it a shot. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Uh, what about you guys? What do you want to plug? Killers number one, Killers number one, and uh, Killers number one. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> the dramatic pause on the third one there. Uh, so I don't remember exactly what's coming out tomorrow, but I highly recommend Sean's Clan Killers, oh, uh, yeah. which Ooh. I believe there's a trade out at this point. Yeah, there is yeah. from Aftershock. Um, and Look at that. Uh, uh, one of the things I'm excited about, I think it's this week, is the new issue of Weatherman. Oh, uh, yeah. From Nathan Fox and Jody LaHoop, which is yeah. bonkers, and I love it so much. Yeah. And it's that really, it took a lot of turns. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Great books. Definitely check those all out. A couple of things to plug before we go. The show is free to come see and free to listen to, but it does cost us a little bit of money to do. So if you'd like to support it, patreon.com slash comic book club. We have a Patreon Slack. We have a monthly movie night, which is not always nothing but trouble. Uh, and a bunch of other... <laughs> benefits and bonuses that you could check out. Also, we do a bunch of other podcasts that you could check out. The currently running ones, we have a Legion podcast inside Legion that very sadly is heading towards the end oh, of man. the run of that Such series. Such a great show. So good. Definitely check out that podcast. Also, our Preacher podcast, Preacher Men, is booting up again. That comes back this Sunday. Uh, and after Krypton, our Krypton podcast is running. Don't say anything, Pete. Just don't say anything. It Just fucking sucks. You... <laughs> It's a contentious podcast. <laughs> uh, what else you want to plug, Pete? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check out comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Android, or the app of your choice. A couple of people we want to thank before we go. We want to thank Sean for being on the show. Robert. But most of all, we want to thank you guys. We're every Tuesday night at 8 p.m., totally free. Please tell your friends. Good night. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for coming out. Just nothing.